0: Today on The Topping Show, Ron DeSantis signs law allowing death penalty for child rape, Nordstrom leaves San Francisco, Bud Light gives their beer away for free, Starbucks earnings continue to rise even though they raise prices, Bed Bath & Beyond is suing shipping companies, Aldi to open 120 additional stores in North America, Darden Group to buy Ruth's Steakhouse, United Auto Workers are withholding their support for presidential nominee Biden, and the U.S. Navy uses non-binary drag queen for their recruitment efforts. All of that and much much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. Today's episode of The Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT-valuated reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. If you're a business owner or an IT leader, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. have to say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, that, that's a joke. It's a completely separate company. If you're again, in you need a little IT assistance, you reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Now going on to the business part of the podcast, you have Darden to buy Ruth Steakhouse for 715 million dollars in cash. Now, for those of you who may not know about one of the most popular restaurant chain owners in the United States, Florida-based Darden Group is the parent company behind most of the brands you love and know. Now you have Olive Garden, Longhorn Steakhouse, Cheddar's, The Capital Grill, Season 52, Yard House, Bahama Breeze, Eddie V's Prime Seafood, among the most that people know about them. And you have the market cap of their publicly trade company being evaluated at $18.4 billion. And their sales are up 11.7% across all their brands. Granted, most people would know them for Olive Garden. Though Season 52 is perhaps one of my favorites personally. I've never had a bad salmon there. And I'm a sucker for good salmon. But nevertheless, this is pretty fascinating because this is Darden's first acquisition in six years. So, for quite some time they've been pretty conservative, focusing on rebuilding and bolstering the current brands that they currently own making sure they can make them even more profitable more successful as throughout the years there's been some hiccups famously Olive Garden being known for microwave pasta i say that somewhat as a joke but there's there's uh there's some leaks there's a slideshow actually from the from the company to their employees saying how they don't want to put salt in the actual pots where they boil the water for the pasta because it would void the warranties for the pots so they chose and i guess chefs might debate the most effective way and most tasteful way to make pasta, but there are jokes all over the internet saying how they care more about, they care more about the pot warranties for their kitchenware than their actual customers taste. So there have been numerous jokes written about their pasta, the quality though, I mean, I think they sell unlimited breadsticks. So if you need carbs, I mean, that's pretty good ROI if it's unlimited, truly unlimited. We'll see how many people put that to the test. Now Ruth's Steakhouse has about 150 locations globally. And their 2022 revenue was 505.9 million dollars, which is astonishing. That's a lot of cattle. that's a lot of stake out there. it'll be interesting to see what's the long-term ROI from this acquisition. again that's their revenue was 505.9 million as I have constantly have to tell relatives when they ask about a tech company. there's a big delta, a big difference between revenue versus profit. So Dar's going buy them up for about 715 million dollars. How many years will it take for them to actually recruit that investment and, of course, profit so they can build the brand even more, better, what have you. And it continues to be probably one of the most successful restaurant brand owners that I could think of. So per, given how popular steak is, I think it's a good, and Ruth's great establishment as well, good choice for them to expand. Now, other interesting good businesses, Starbucks, they beat Wall Street expectations with their fiscal quarter results even though they raise their prices yet again which is interesting since everyone's complaining about 40-year high inflation and economy's going to all hell people are starting to get jobs but they'll still spend six to twelve to fifty dollars for a cup of coffee i don't know what it costs i but from my perspective the most valuable thing about starbucks is the brick and mortar because if i'm if i'm on the road between meetings when i am meeting with different clients and partners i want to have a nice environment where i could set up my laptop i could write out some emails and for those who aren't perhaps the most astute or care the most about like hyper security they have public wi-fi personally i just use a hotspot but teach their own but you have that nice clean environment where you can get stuff done and i'm willing to pay i just get the black i think it's pikes i usually i'm very simple i just like black coffee so i could and usually room temperature so i just drink it get the caffeine as soon as possible And it does taste better than the cheapest beans that I buy at the local local grocery store. Nevertheless, it's the environment and the experience that is really why I think the company's flourished, as well as the taste. But a lot of people are starting to complain, oh, the raising prices, is this going to hurt the fiscal sales? Apparently not. So their Q, remember, their fiscal Q2 results were just released. Their net sales were $8.72 billion and a net income of $908.3 million as an astonishing amount of coffee scones and whatever knickknacks they sell these days. And that is such a high volume of businesses. I think they are gonna continue to open more brick and mortar locations. Now it's interesting to see that the US their stores increased about 10% or 12% in terms of their sales, thanks to a six percent increase in foot traffic. And they also have China to think since China famously shut down during COVID and they locked down all businesses. They've gotten a lot better about reopening them, so of course, once you can reopen your business, it usually helps, especially with foot traffic, so that helped their sales as well. And interestingly enough, they're actually pushing to plan, they're planning to have, they're dedicating 90% of their new store growth to units with drive throughs which I find fascinating, partially because I would never do that personally. I like to put every penny I make back to the companies and my employees and all that kind of stuff, contractors and it's just fascinating to think that when you're going through the drive-thru, you're not getting that customer actual fiscal experience. You're really just getting that $20, $30, $50, $150, inflation's like hell, cup of mocha, or more accurately, a candy bar in a cup based on nutrition facts. Nevertheless, I'm astonishing to see that segment of the business grow more and more and more as people keep to appreciate that premium brand and, of course, convenience on the go is key. But I was interested it's interesting to see that part of the business grow exponentially where to me the big value is the location and the actual physical amenities now other interesting news their mobile order and paid delivery made up 72 percent of north america sales in q4 which again blew my mind and shows perhaps i'm in the minority of folks who actually appreciate old-fashioned sitting down again it's for me it's almost like a mobile office many use especially if you're in mobile sales or a mobile business but Interesting to see how they'll continue to develop. Now, sad, interesting businesses, Bed Bath & Beyond, which unfortunately they had to close their store after many years, a lot of loyal clients, and hopefully all those folks are able to find jobs in a new retail store or new employer. Now, they're gonna be suing the shipping companies that raised prices during COVID. Now, they allege that the shipping companies took advantage of Bed Bath Beyond during the pandemic. And Bed Bath Beyond wants thirty-one point seven million dollars from Hong Kong's Orient Overseas Container Line. And they're claiming that they're forcing to pay forced to pay extra fees and and they're paying at an inflated price. And some reports, independent reports, did note that there's a 10x increase of shipping prices during the pandemic. Now, they've also tried to do this before. They attempted to extort, I mean sue Yangming Marine over in, I believe it was Taiwan for 7.8 million dollars they countersued and blocked them but you're going out of business so of course it's just a money grab and this i don't see them winning this by any means because it's so what's a there's a fancy term for moronic if i, I wish i had my thesaurus on me at the moment but it's just basic economics unless they're insinuating that the company broke a pre-negotiated contract for shipping but my IT company works with many manufacturers and many of them are global and they told us it was just traditional shipping containers but there's the, the decreased supply and exponential increase in demand meant that they were bidding more. So some of my clients were paying, I it was, um, the ship their cost went up 6 to 12 times what they usually were paying but they were bidding for the shipping containers because everyone was locked in their homes, they are ordering a bunch of crap they don't need online, I mean important things and amenities but there's just an exponential increase in demand. It was just a free market. People are bidding because they want to get their product from point A to point B. With many of the products, even raw materials, coming from China and across the globe, because it's a global economy. And I don't see this winning this case because, again, the companies have X amount of units or X amount of shipping containers that they can utilize to ship. And they have so much demand, they just bid it out. So. Again, I'm no legal scholar by any means. I do own a suit, and there's a tie somewhere in my closet, but I'm not a lawyer or a legal scholar. But I don't know, just on the surface, with the information I had reading a couple articles, I don't see that going anywhere personally. Now, good business news, on the flip side, you have Aldi. They're going to open 120 additional stores in the United States in 2023. Now, a little fun history fact, let me know in the comments if you appreciate this. I'm one of those business nerds, so I always like to read books about the companies and i always like to learn a little bit more and let me know if you like I think it might be a good idea to do like a monthly book review for this month i'm reading last month or a couple of months ago netflix this year it's good old john papa john how he built the business and of course this is prior to his downfall unfortunately be, it's fascinating but a little bit about aldi now they was founded by two brothers you have carl and theo albright and they founded it in 1946 and for those who don't realize how big they are globally very similar to 7-eleven they're big in the us but Globally, they have 11,235 stores globally. So their footprint very similar to South-11. They're big in the U.S. but they're astronomically expansive globally, which is even more fascinating. Now, another great, great point. This is going to bring the U.S. store count, so U.S. individually, to 2,400 stores by the end of the year. And great news for employment. Hopefully the folks from Bed Bath Beyond might be able to transition to this. They're going to hire about 2,000 additional U.S. workers. So those U.S. workers will all be able to have jobs there. Of course, they'll probably get employee discounts and all the nice food that they have. And they also invested in a new distribution center over in Alabama, so that's creating more jobs, thankfully. And if you're in you're in retail, that's one of the one of the key things about the company is the distribution network as well as the infrastructure behind it to support all the stores more efficiently. They're also entering New Orleans and Baton Rouge for the first time. And a lot of people note or give they think the company's key to success are their small footprint and competitive pricing. So the actual square footage of the store is much smaller than a traditional Walmart or Target, as those stores go for much more diversified portfolio. Walmart has everything from mugs to laptops to shoot clothing, and of course, groceries. Now, all these specifically more oriented towards groceries and trying to save their customers money. It's a fascinating experience, and one of the things I like most about them is the quarter phenomenon. And for those who've never been to an Aldi, uh, Aldi, not Aldi, nevertheless, Aldi actually has this mechanism for the carts. And in the carts, if you want to get the cart, you have to put a quarter in, because that will uncable it from the other cart. So all the carts in the, the parking lot, they're all connected, and the chains connect them to the mechanism. You put a quarter in, and you're able to pull your cart out. And then at the end of the shopping experience, you put the cart back, and you get your quarter back. Which is a brilliant idea. They've been using it for years. I've yet seen another retailer use that before, but it forces lazy, inept, morally vacuous people from just leaving their carts willy-nilly, which is a pet peeve and perhaps a staple or a sign of a downfall of society when you're too lazy to push your cart 12 feet to the cart return and do the right thing, as in taking care of your own shit. Pardon the French, although that's not really French. But this actually helps them decrease the cost to the consumer, which is always key. They are a store that wants to help you save money, give you great products at a affordable price. And one of the issues with their competitors is they actually pay employees to spend unknown countless hours returning carts when people just leave them, not in the cart return area. I may or may not have a, vend- a little vendetta. One of my first jobs is a grocery store. And in the middle of the tundra, with all the rain, I was always out there putting the cars back. And every once in a while, you would look at the people walking by, just leaving their cart there like animals, disgusting. And to this day, I always get someone a stink eye if I see they're just putting their car cart like on the little, little curb so it doesn't roll back. I guess, but it take—that's how far American society has fallen. They. Your people cannot give a modicum, even a little, just a little bit of effort, to take five, ten seconds to take the cart which you took from the organized space to put it back in the organized space. Now, champions that go above and bum beyond, they don't just do the cart return in the parking lot. They go back in the building. I may or may not be one of those gentlemen. But one of the reasons all is nice, it also looks cleaner when all the carts are where they're supposed to be. And, of course, they're not willing to, like, dinging other cars as they ramp it up around the parking lot like some type of Mad Max dystopian. Nevertheless, return your cart. Now, going on to the culture part of the podcast, this goes into the culture of a city, as well as how it is affecting, negatively, businesses. Yet another business is leaving San Francisco. This time, Nordstrom is leaving with both of their stores. They're both leaving San Francisco. Not too surprised. Now, Nordstrom is a great family-owned company. It's been around for as long as I can remember. Premium experience always clean stores with great premium products. Take One of the best examples in retail in terms of ADHD, a little customer support story. They used to have a return policy and they still do. It's so good you can return tire chains there. And this is a true story, I looked into the details. It's an urban legend of customer service and going above and beyond, which is what the company was founded on. Now the company is still, back in the day, they're growing exponentially. So they purchased a department store and one of them had three stores combined into one. Think of it like a mini strip mall. So there's three independent stores, Nordstrom bought them out and they were converting those stores into one Particularly, was a men's clothing department. And one of the stores used to be a tire store and tire accessories, tire chains, which if you live in the north or live in the south, you may not know, if you live in the north, last snow throw the chains on tires, gives you extra grip, actually speaking. Now, this gentleman had bought those chains at the tire store and a little while later, Nordstrom took over and they replaced it with the men's clothing department this gentleman walked into the store and he was he had the tire chains he goes up to the the clothing store north store manager he goes i'd like to return these and they accepted the return they gave they gave him cash back for the exact amount he paid for the product one of the best examples of customer service and going above and beyond and that laid the precedent or the foundation for the company. And many businesses to this day emulate that type of spirit of doing what's best for the customer and it is a fascinating experience so thankfully the company is still run by a couple of family members now going back to the actual san francisco phenomenon or dystopian whatever you want to call the situation now this is from nordstrom's chief store officer jamie nordstrom he said quote decisions like this are never easy and this one has been especially difficult but as many as you know, the dynamics of the downtown San Francisco market have changed dramatically over the past few, several years, impacting our customer foot traffic or to our stores and our ability to operate successfully. Unquote. This is a very politically correct, nice way of saying your city is unmarketable. It's unsafe, it's not attractive for businesses fiscally. You have high cost of everything, you also have taxes, you also have regulations. And this is coming just weeks after Whole Foods said that they were going to leave, and there's another flagship, flag, was it their flagship store? I believe for Whole Foods, and yet another pharmacy store, and all these stores are leaving in droves. And it's, it should be important to note. So since that two thousand twenty, at least at least twenty retailers have closed shop up in the San Francisco Union Square, and eleven of those twenty were closed in twenty twenty three alone. It's only been four months, or now five months since 2023 has begun. So, it's a phenomenon where the culture is just going downhill exponentially, the crime is increasing, it's not safe to raise a family, that's why a lot of people are getting out and going to more attractive states. States that don't have income tax are especially great. But, I don't it'll be interesting to see if they can turn itself around, if they actually have to reinvent itself, as well as it goes completely against their political ideologies that they're currently putting in place, which is it's their city. But in terms of the culture, I can't think of any responsible business that wants to put their employees and their customers at risk by having a brick and mortar there. So time shall tell if things turn, turn around. I'm not too optimistic. Now, other interesting cultural news, you have the Bud Light phenomenon, or f- more appropriately named the Fiasco, where they endorsed Stone Mulvaney for their little promotional bottle where they had Dylan celebrating Dylan's 365 days of being a woman. For those who don't know, Dylan is a trans activist. If you misgender they're using improper pronouns. Your YouTube video is either completely nuked, I believe. Some channels are completely disappearing overnight. So again, if you ever read the 1984 book by George Orwell you have Newspeak. Unfortunately, that book on my shelf is, can't see my shelves. I'll do maybe a tour sometime, but it's been moved from the fiction to the nonfiction, unfortunately, and in many ways worse than the actual book. But nevertheless, a lot of people are upset, especially because Dylan's main audience on TikTok, where Dylan is famous, has about, I wanna say, 11 million followers. And it's one of those situations where the average consumer, the average person following Dylan is about 15 years old. The average person on TikTok is about 20, well above 21 years old, which in the United States is when you can buy liquor. So this marketing decision made no sense, but it was done by an activist, Olisa, and she's put on leave, though knowing Bud Light, they'll probably hire her back with a bonus. Many people are speculating she's truly been fired. And the rumor is this, I think it's unpaid leave. But... It's gotten to the point where Bud Light had to, they decided to throw their hat into the culture war, where this is something that's come pretty much directly across political ideological ideological lines, and it's gotten to the point where Bud Light is giving their product away for free. So they're going to give away a free case of Bud Light to every wholesale employee, as they continue to grovel for forgiveness for their epic marketing blunder. Now a lot of these distribution chains, distribution stores. And businesses are mom-and-pop shops who have carried the pride for decades and it's almost like a slap in the face they can't afford to pay their rent or to pay their kids or to feed their kids but here's a here's a pack of beer or piss water depending on how you want to depending on what you describe it as but it's one of those terrible situations where that's not going to do a damn thing distributors aren't going to like that at all that means nothing and it's one of the things where My IT company is somewhat similar in the business supply chain in regards to we sell products that we don't directly manufacture ourselves. And you see the same attitude where if they make a mistake or if they're trying to buy your business, they'll bribe you or they'll try to push like, hey, do this, we'll give you a free laptop or we'll give you like a free gift card. And I always tell them, I don't give a damn. All I care about is what are you going to do for my clients? what what is your product going to do to have the best positive impact on the client's businesses what new technology what proprietary technology is going to help the most and differentiate you from the myriad of competitors what's the end result that would help them which in turn will encourage them to buy your solution and everyone profits everyone wins everyone's happy so this is again just a band-aid on the situation for Bud Light and they claim they're going to give much more transparency with their marketing initiatives they're going to have much more oversight but again the damage is already done i don't know really what's the end result so they're hiring gop i believe so they're hiring a couple of folks getting to the politics side of of this whole fiasco anheuser-busch the parent company behind bud light they're actually hiring lobbyists trying to try and get some politicians involved maybe but yeah if politicians respond they wouldn't touch this with a 10-foot pole now Speaking of politics, you have the UAW withholding their support for presidential nominee Biden. Now, they're, they're citing concerns over his EV policy specifically. Now, UAW, for those who might not know, is the United Auto Workers. They're the largest union for automotive companies in the United States. The most best reliable cars in the world use their services. Only Tesla doesn't and Toyota doesn't. Nevertheless... That was, a, that was a joke. Now, they're consistently known for raising costs exponentially, paying someone $68 an hour to put a tire on a car when the machine does most of the work. But the big thing that they're known for is really pushing election results. One of the reasons, uh, going back rolling back, back the clock a couple years, 2008, I mean, one of the big reasons Obama won the president, became president, was the support of the UAW. They have a lot of members, and more importantly, they also have a lot of money which is another reason I always, I'm skeptical of all those unions where they take your union member dues and they give them to politicians and the politicians will in turn give them no big contracts to the cities or give them big raises or just pay them a lot of money. It's a very, it doesn't seem very fair. or doesn't seem, very, it seems pretty corrupt to me, but that's just my three cents. It used to be two cents, but thanks. Thanks for hyperinflation. Gotta increase that a little bit. Now, in the memo, the UAW president, Sean Fain, he said that the union wants to see Biden push for better wages and better benefits for workers at EV facilities. And that's not their damn job. That's the business's job. Not for the government to bully or peddle them to pay you more. One would say, compete and do a better job, but that's usually not what unions are for. It's for who's been there the longest. That's usually paid by duration served, not performance. In many cases, not all. But is another interesting thing that he cited that factories like the plant in General Motors that they're helping develop in Ohio their workers will start at $16.50 an hour which is overpaying in my opinion but that's also way more than the, the average now they know that nearly that's nearly half of what workers made at a nearby GM plant that closed before 2019 or to close in 2019 well guess what one of the reasons it closed either the product was poor or the costs were too much and GM, if you look at the trend, Mary Barra is trying to save the company. They're cutting costs left and right. They're buying employees out of the contracts, asking for volunteers. So they're asking for like a voluntary layoff, where if you volunteer, you'll get a little bit of a severance because they don't want to force people to, lose it, to be laid off. But they're trying to cut, I believe, two billion dollars from their budget this year. They have some big initiatives because, again, they need to become competitive. And their goal, this is, they're going all in on EV. So they will be all EV by 2035. If, infrastructure, consumer demand be be damned, even though we don't have the infrastructure to support it. And, oh, by the way, all the materials from that come from countries that usually don't like us, and they also have to use copious amounts of acid and child labor to get those minerals. Nevertheless, they wanna go 100% EV. That's gonna cost a lot of money for the physical infrastructure, as in how do you assemble them. But also, you're gonna to have to hire some brilliant engineers because you're gonna compete with Tesla, which has a big advantage in terms of talent pool, product resources, and of course, they already have their Gigafactories which are huge engineering feats in and of itself. So GM does need to cut costs, they do need to make some major decisions if they want to truly be e- totally EV by 2035. Now this union group has about 400,000 members also between the United States and Canada. So that's a lot of votes you could buy if you just bully the businesses to do what you want by 3 cents. But time shall tell if that's truly, truly going to be a good long term. But Nonetheless, the U.A.W. is going to support the Democratic nominee or whoever wins it. It's just, as far as I know, they've never endorsed a Republican because, at least back in the day, Republicans actually did what they're told or did what they stood for, they would want businesses to remain profitable and employ many people as opposed to just acquiescing to demands from a third-party union representative. Time shall tell. Now, other interesting political news. Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, he signed a law allowing the death penalty for child rape. Now, Specifically, and I quote, in Florida, we stand for the protection of our children. We think the worst of the worst cases, the only appropriate punishment is the ultimate punishment. This is, unquote, from a press conference he held in Brevard County. Now, this is interesting because back in 2008, the U.S. Supreme Court issued a 5 4 ruling barring states from enforcing the death penalty for the most heinous act in a man. From the most heinous act, one could possibly comprehend. And the courts are like, oh no, he used to live. Now, the courts, their ruling, and again, this is back when it was an extremely left-wing and unbalanced court, the court ruled that applying the death penalty in some cases would be cruel and unusual, unusual punishment. That was their, the reason they voted that way back in 2008. Although I would say the actual act the perpetrator did is the actual definition of cruel and unusual? One would say an eye for an eye. But it's one of those interesting things. Now he right now that the Supreme Court actually has some balance to it for the first time in decades, and of course, time shall tell how long that lasts. As many politicians want to, now that they're not winning the game, they need to change the rules of the game. And there's a lot of propositions about making Puerto Rico a state and doing other scrupulous, unethical things to change each it's in their favor. But I think it's interesting for seven decades, it actually has some balance and more constitutionalist. Everyone's up in a fury. Now, Sessions also said, we think that decision was wrong, unquote, referencing the Supreme Court case. And he says, importantly, quote, this bill sets up a procedure to be able to challenge that precedent, unquote, which is important. One of the reasons things get brought to the Supreme Court Supreme Court is you have new laws, you have new cases you have to challenge it. So this will allow that process to happen so that they can further reevaluate and perhaps adequately more accurately rule. Now this is re- this is regardless they said that Florida pack now this is other interesting now they're saying that this means that Florida pack taxpayers who are already paying for the cost. they're saying it might have to take on a little cost a bit more. But time shall tell. And then then this actually, so this measure specifically, House Bill 1297 allows a jury by vote of at least eight to four to recommend the death sentence for sexual battery on a child under the age of 12. This takes effect October 1st. So you still need the jury to have an overwhelming conviction. Time shall tell if this is put, once this becomes law, what will the frequency be of it being utilized when... You do need that many votes on the jury it's not a hundred percent but it is much more than half or a a simple majority now going on to the business blunder of the day you have the US military hires a non-binary drag queen for a recruitment commercial now the reason I say this is business blunder because military is a business and one of the issues they're having right now is recruitment it's at an all-time low and with this mechanism or this marketing initiative i don't think it will reach the maximum number of new hires which if you're the military you want that you especially nowadays you need the greatest pool of talent you want the most recruits and this is a much more narrow approach and time shall tell if it's successful and many are jokingly at the fact that this is also specifically the u.s navy Now, they chose specifically an active-duty Navy drag queen by the name of Joshua Kelly, whose name is Harpy Daniels, and of course, very popular on the TikTok. And interestingly enough, his mantra is, hooray and let's go slay. Again, this is from the U.S. Navy. Now, it's also interesting to note, the U.S. Navy didn't pay for this. So the U.S. Navy did not compensate him in any way or any of the other folks doing this, on behalf of the US Navy digital ambassadors as noted by a US Navy spokesperson. Now there is of course millions of all these TikToks views and videos I'm gonna share one perhaps today is a good moment where you don't have to see the visual now you start off with a little t-shirt it is orange now let's see where it goes from here yeah, and then you got lipstick hair much better hair than mine but nevertheless Well, that's a debate you could have in the comment section perhaps, but it is also cliche the same music. Use some new music. Uh, So in this video, it looks like on TikTok he's putting these images of him in a US Navy uniform. Kind of like a before and after picture before you get dressed and after you get dressed. So he is using the US military uniform as well, which is going to be, cons- or some veterans are already voicing their concern about that. Lip-syncing, well dressed up. Now, interesting. These were designed to boost morale. Interesting. The goal is to show that you can. What was the specific quote? Want to show that you can serve your country as well as dress up. Be yourself. Fascinating. Now, that was retweeted by Libs of TikTok, which is a very popular Twitter, and all the responses are ratioed to say the least. People are, at least on social media, it's not getting a lot of positive traction at the moment. And I don't think it's going to assist with their goal of getting a higher volume of prospective new hires or, in this case, military service members. Now, the U.S. Army also missed their recruitment goal, and they're going to miss it this year, in 2013. Last year, they were 15,000 short of their goal. The Army specifically noted the decrease of the amount of people who can serve in the military. Kind of going back to the the cart theory I noted earlier in the show, and just the moral decay as well as the physical decay of many Americans, you can't take 13 seconds to put your cart back. Now, going off of that, the military and the Army noted that only 23% of Americans 17 to 24 are fit to serve. 23%, an overwhelming majority, are too fat or too too mentally inept. It says they can't even meet a military SAT score or test, a test designed for you to pass and find out what what duties might be best fit to your to your skill set. And they're saying that. 20% of males and 40% of female recruits are too overweight to serve. Again, going back to schools, this all happened when they started to take away dodgeball and started to replace physical activities with just sitting there thinking or meditating, whatever they do in the gym class these days or don't do. But this also goes back to just the unhealthy nature of many Americans these days, not taking care of themselves physically or mentally. Again, read a book, go to the gym. That would fix, they'll fix so many things in people's lives. You'll feel better. You'll, be smarter. You'll look better. Millions of benefits. One of the bleeding causes of death in the United States are self-inflicted with many people. Not all people who are overweight do have these issues by choice. So, so there are some generic cases and medications that do cause you to lose weight, to gain weight. But a lot of people, they can overcome those obstacles. Just anyone. I always tell people, if I can be in shape, anyone can. I work 105 hours a week for my IT job. and I just work out every day in the mornings and i always feel more fresh more sharp and just a lot more cognitive cognitively better although it just doesn't fix sometimes my stuttering perhaps too much caffeine although i don't know if that's really a thing nevertheless is this specific video going to reach the greatest number of prospective new hires and i don't currently see it the a much more efficient mechanism for Army Navy recruiting, particularly, was Top Gun. You look at the recruiting numbers, it went up exponentially thanks to those movies, which is partially why they probably funded each other and gave them huge discounts on the rates at which they were able to rent the jet fighters and get footage from them. But in the case of the military, you want the greatest number of applicants. And this is going after new applicants. I'm not saying it's going to reduce their recruitment to nothing, but... It's one of those instances where you're microsegmenting the market. You're going after a very small market that is growing, but the other part of the market is traditionally where most of the military came from. Maybe this is in line with the way they want to transition the military to a new demographic. But if that demographic, is a demo, demographic isn't growing fast enough, you're going to continue to have these huge gaps in the U.S. military. Which thankfully the private sector has been able to prevail in the past couple of decades. You have Triple Canopy being one of the largest defense contractors globally, providing physical as well as other security services. And of course, you do have the defense industry, which makes some of the most fascinating technologies on the planet, from vehicles to cyber warfare, as well as arms and armor. But when it comes to the people who serve, this is going to be a big issue. And it's not like the world is getting more peaceful as time goes on. It's quite the opposite there's more and more conflict seemingly and national security is a real issue there's many debates on how you do it on a global level, global level versus a local level and where you put resources but at the end of the day you do need resources so this is a business blunder i say because it's not going to help you get the greatest number of resources for the job required and unfortunately it's going to lead the, it's going to increase to the exponential trend of the us military and other branches of the government and society just lowering standards again and again and again and again and just making the physical standards basically nothing and you seen this time and time again that's not going to help you with the end result. So time shall tell how this long term impacts the military recruiting numbers and the initiatives. but with the data we have currently on hand now and the numbers that they need versus the numbers they are going after. I got to say that's got that is the business blunder of the day. Now, Thank you everyone for taking to like, subscribe, and comment. All those things help our channel grow and develop over time. Also, don't forget to tell your family, tell your coworkers, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe and fight the good fight.